Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello and welcome back to the Law of Attraction Tribe podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Keith, and today we are going to be talking about time. Um, And it's probably going to take us down the rabbit hole, so who knows where we'll end up. But this whole idea of time, right? Like, I want to quote Einstein, who said, Time is just an illusion, albeit a persistent one. And I heard that quote a really long time ago when I was a kid, and it's always stuck with me. And I've always been so curious about this concept of time and what's real and what's not real and aging and why we're so obsessed with a number, right? And how this can affect our mindset and we're just going to go down the rabbit hole with this. So buckle up because this will be an interesting one, I'm sure. Um, The reason why this all came to mind was I actually have a guest that's going to be on the inner on the inner tribe. She's going to be in the inner tribe doing an interview next month. And her uh, name is Kim. She has an incredible podcast um, called Ignite Your Spark. And Kim and I uh, met not too long ago. And when we met, um, I did an interview on her podcast and started listening to her podcast. And it's just, it's phenomenal. It's one of those that's like super high vibe, um, leaves you feeling, I don't know, like you could just take on the world. She's just one of those people that has that um, energy that's just like a magnetic, you know, and, and you're just, you you want to keep listening. Um, anyhow, I had talked to her about her on a previous podcast episode because we were getting ready to do the interview. And at that time that I recorded the podcast, I don't know if we had actually talked or not, but somehow I had thought I heard on her podcast her saying that she was 70. Um, and then when we did the interview for my uh, inner tribe, we found out she was talking and she said that that she was 65. And I had forgotten completely that I had mentioned that on a previous podcast episode. And so she's like, hey, I was listening to it. And, um, you know, I'm I'm actually 65. And then I just felt like so terrible that I had gotten the age confused. And anyhow, like long story short, I think one of the things that amazes me about her is that regardless of her age, whether she's 70, 65, 60, 80, whatever, um, she has a very youthful 
presence and is is doing a lot of really cool things after retirement, like starting a podcast. And that was one of the things that really struck me about her because I think a lot of times people look at that age, right? 65, it's the retirement age. And that's just kind of when it's over. Like your career ends and you go into the next phase of your life, which is, you know, just doing whatever you want to do for retirement and um, kind of like leaving the career world. And here she's starting like this whole new career and brand that's inspiring so many people. And when I first met her, I thought like, that's what I want. Like I don't want my career to just end at this arbitrary number because someone says like this is the age of retirement. I want to still, if I'm doing what I love, which I am, I want it to continue. And I think it's so cool to see um, her kind of leading the example. And she's also a yogi. So she's like super active, just has fun with life, um, looks incredible, takes really good care of herself and is like, I don't know, like just the best role model for me, for where I want to be when, you know, I'm at that age. And anyhow, I always feel like things happen for a reason. And although I felt like so bad that I uh, said she was older than than she really is, it really had nothing to do with the way she looks or anything. Like her energy is so youthful. When you listen to her podcast, she sounds really young. Um, but I do think it all transpired for a reason because it got me thinking about what I want to talk about today, which is like this whole idea of time and aging that us humans like obsess about. And I think it can affect our mindset and kind of mess with us a little bit. And especially, you know, it's like you always hear never ask a woman her age. Like that's such an inappropriate question. And I personally disagree with that. And I think now it's becoming more acceptable because now you see people like Kim who look a lot younger than they are. You see um, there's a woman on TikTok. I need to look her up. But she is like has kids that are in their 20s. So I don't really know her real age, but she looks like she's the same age as her daughters. Like people always mistake her as a sister. Um, you look at J-Lo, who's 50, and she looks the same as she did 20 years ago. Um, so aging has really changed um, and will continue to change with all of the science that's evolving. So one of the things that took me down this rabbit hole was in listening to a lot of different health podcasts over the years, I've learned about these things called telomeres and if you haven't heard of a telomere before, let me educate you on this because I didn't know this for the longest time that telomeres are these little caps that are the, on the end of your chromosomes. So basically, they prevent um, like in, injury or loss to genetic information. And each time your cell divides, part of the telomere is lost and it becomes shorter, okay? And when the shorter your telomere is, they say, has, has to do with longevity, has to do with how old you biologically are. So we're used to looking at our age as a chronological number. 
But now they're looking at things like telomeres and they're seeing that you have a biological age that tells, you know, how long you're expected to live or how like youthful you are based on your overall health. Okay. And so basically what they're finding is that certain lifestyle things like, you know, diet, exercise, sleep, different things that we do around um, stress, like whether it's our jobs that are creating stress or whether it's meditation that's helping to decrease stress and, you know, your mental health, all of that stuff plays into these telomeres and can actually stabilize them and keep them long so that your life is longer, your biological life is longer. Um, And Tony Robbins has a new book out where he talks about this, saying that, you know, I think at this point he's in his 60s. I hate to even say that because clearly I'm horrible at judging age, Um, but I believe he's in his 60s and has uh, the biological life of like a 30-something-year-old, so decades younger than what he actually is because he's taking such good care of his body and he knows all these little hacks to help um, keep him healthy and age well and have a nice long life. So science is helping us, you know, learn all of these different things. And this isn't anything new, right? It's like the the age, the life expectancy has continually been increasing. Like I remember back when I was a kid and it was like, They would say the life expectancy was like, I think it was like 67 or something. Then it went up to like 70. Then it went up to 73. And now people are living, you know, 80s, 90s and beyond. Um, And, you know, that correlates with the scientific advancements that we've had. We, you know, obviously have a lot of medications that are available now. And I do want to talk about that for just a second because, As you know, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, I was in the pharmaceutical industry for seven years, and the pharmaceutical industry gets a really bad rap. Um, You know, you hear people all the time that are like very anti-pharmaceuticals, drugs, that kind of thing. And I get it. Like, I understand the whole natural approach, um, and I think it's great if you can do these things from the start to keep yourself healthy, like diet and exercise, taking care of your stress and your mental well-being. But I also know that we live in a world where that's not always the case, right? Like there are still people that smoke. There are still people that don't exercise, that eat foods that are really bad for you. And I always thought that it was really interesting how everyone goes after the pharmaceutical industry who is actually creating ways to help people live longer and have a better quality of life, but they're not going after the food and beverage industry, which is the direct cause of a lot of these health concerns like diabetes, obesity, heart disease. So I always thought that was so interesting when I was in pharmaceuticals because I'm like, hey, like we're helping people go after the people that are causing it that are literally selling poison and getting away with it. And we're going to get into that in, in just a second. But when I was in the pharmaceutical industry, um, I sold a statin, which helped to reduce uh, MI and stroke. So it helps to keep people from having heart attacks and strokes, which 
like obviously helps people live longer, helps them, you know, function. When I sold COPD medications, it helped people breathe. I mean, these COPD patients, when I was a kid in the 90s, like they did not have a lot of options and the options they did have had horrific side effects. And now they have something that helps them breathe. It helps them like live their normal life. They can walk up a flight of stairs when maybe they haven't been able to do that for years. So I always looked at at it as a really great thing to have until we get to the point as a society where we can address the root causes that are making people sick, that are shortening the telomeres and causing us to age rapidly or um, have all these diseases that are expensive, that are painful, and that just take away that quality of life. And now, you know, getting into the the food and beverage industry, I think what, what really opened up my eyes to this was before I worked in pharmaceuticals, I worked for a big beverage company and would see um, kind of the, the things the, that are in these beverages and how the FDA just kind of lets it all go, but then scrutinizes every pharmaceutical drug that's being brought to market. Yet there's beverages and there's foods that people are consuming every day that are causing disease. So I want to give you like some examples here of some of the things that are banned in Europe and pretty much every other industrialized country that we still allow in the United States, which is just totally um, effed up. (laughs) So uh, the EU has consistently put policies in place to ban like genetically modified foods, where in the U.S., like that's totally not the case. It's like these things are allowed. um, And even like getting things labeled has been a long process. Um. When you look at growth hormones, something that freaked me out was that in our animals, like cows, for example, in the United States, we give them growth hormones, okay? It's not allowed in Europe. Europe actually took a really strong stance against this and even, um, you know, put laws in place and things like that to prevent that because they just don't know what the long-term effects are. It's like they came out with these growth hormones and they have no idea how it's going to affect the human beings that are consuming the meat of these animals that are pumped full of these hormones. And it seems like a no-brainer that we wouldn't allow this, but we do. In the United States, we absolutely do. And if you want to buy the meat without it, now finally we have options. You pay a heck of a lot more, but at least there's options now. Um, Who knows how much meat we've consumed or milk or anything else coming from an animal that was pumped full of these hormones and we just have no idea the long-term effect. It's absolutely just disgusting. Um, And then there's other things like food dyes, for example, that are in just about every food that is marketed to children, to young children that are banned. They are banned in pretty much every other country because they are known to cause cancer. They are linked to cancer. 
This isn't like a maybe it is or it's a possibility. It It is. Like there's enough evidence to show the direct link. Yet we still allow all of these in the United States in our food and beverages. And a lot of these companies, they actually make two products. They make the products for the United States and then they make the better products, the safer products for Europe because Europe has all of these policies in place to prevent these horrible things that are linked to all kinds of health issues. So that's what I mean. Like we, nobody seems to be addressing the core issues of what's causing a lot of these diseases, what's causing advanced aging and yet we're going after places like pharmaceutical companies that are providing a solution to a very real problem that we have a very growing problem that we have all over the world but especially here in the United States so I just wanted to like let you guys know that because when I heard that it really made me second guess everything like what am I consuming what am I giving to my kids like those fun little colorful yogurts that are like tie-dye color I used to think were so cute and like oh this is gonna help my kid eat healthy no it's terrible it's actually has dyes in it that are linked to cancer it has sugar in it that is linked to cancer diabetes obesity um when I went to I used to go meet Alexis for lunch when she was in elementary school and I remember like if she got her lunch at school they would have like you'd have to pick like your healthy fruit or vegetable and fruit juice was considered a healthy option and I remember one day she comes and she sits down and she's got a can of fruit juice and I'm like what is this you you never drink juice you always drink water or milk and she said oh you have to pick a healthy option so I just picked this because the bananas were brown and so I pick up the can and I look at it it had 36 grams of sugar in it 36 grams of sugar for a small child that is more than a can of coke that is about 10 grams more than what a small child should consume in a day of sugar um so it really makes you step back and think like are we literally taking in poison that is just destroying our health and keeping us um in this sick, you know, state like most Americans are instead of healthy and living a long life. Um, So it's just something to kind of think about. And I remember like in all those health podcasts that I listened to, they were like the best thing that you could do to affect change is with your pocketbook. Buy the products at the store that are non-GMO, that are, that don't have the growth hormones, that um, are organic that don't have the dyes in them and don't have all this excess sugar that are all natural whole foods. And that is going, that's the only thing that's going to affect change because clearly these companies are getting away with it. They've been getting away with it for decades. Makes sense. They spend a lot of money uh, lobbying politicians. Um, But if they're no longer seeing the profit from it, if they're seeing that the consumers want organic, good, nutrient-rich food, that's what they're going to start supplying the stores with. It all boils down to money for them. So that is the best way that you can affect change is by looking for these products. And here's a little fun fact. Walmart 
is actually like the biggest buyer of organic all-natural foods and that's probably just because they have the most stores and and the highest volume and everything but you can actually find like a lot of really good products um on the shelves at, at walmart that they carry in a lot of these specialty like healthy stores so i just wanted to throw that out there because i do think there's this misconception that you have to be like rich in order to buy healthy good food um but you absolutely can go and buy this this stuff at walmart and it's the biggest way to affect change so I just wanted to bring it up to everyone because I didn't know any of this stuff until I worked in the industries or I heard it in listening to one of these podcasts when I've been on one of my health kicks. And the way you feel your health is like directly connected to your energy, to your vibration, to your mindset. So every time you eat something, it's like I've been asking myself the question, is this contributing to a high vibration or a low vibration? You know, every time I want to exercise but don't feel like it, is this going to contribute to a high vibration or a low vibration? Because it's all connected to how we show up in the world and how our energy is perceived, is, you know, the, the level of energy we have, the level of energy we give off, how we show up in the world. So we're getting at a really interesting time where, you know, there's people that are in their 60s and 70s that might be biologically younger than people that are my age in their 30s um, or even people in their 20s that just don't take care of themselves. And I think this is going to continue to evolve. And I think it really does go back to that whole quote from Einstein that time is an illusion. This whole idea of chronological time is an illusion that human beings put forth when we created clocks and watches. And um, I think that just like we can manifest material things, I think we can manifest good health. I think that we can manifest longevity and um, aging well. I think we can manifest positive energy. Um, So just because you're a certain age really at the end of the day means nothing. It might mean something to, you know, um, the ego and just some of the limiting beliefs that we all have because our society, I mean, it's really been embedded in us. But luckily, I think that's changing. And I think that we can make the conscious decision to do things that are going to prolong our life, increase our energy, raise our vibration, and keep us very youthful, even into a chronological older age. So... If you know anyone that is struggling with this topic or aging and complaining about health and things like that, um, maybe share this episode with them. Maybe it'll give them something to think about. And hopefully it'll inspire you to make some positive changes around the root cause of aging and diseases and things that make us older faster. Um, So I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I'll see you back here next week.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.